Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. Mm-hmm. Okay, Peyton needs a pair of scissors because hers just grew legs and walked up and just, they're gone. The last time I had them, they were in my fanny pack. Darn it. And I've checked in there. I'm, they might have fallen in, out okay. and they're in, all, in Okay, at the well, spot. we're just going to have to check. Yeah. All right, ready, Freddy? Let's see. I was trying to see if I could make it loud again and I can't. Yeah. How do we do that? Okay. That's probably got to be noisy, though, so let's not keep doing it. I know. We both did it the first time and can't redo the noise. Hey, did you guys like a little Heidi Heckelbeck break? I sure did. Dude, I needed that break, man. I need to break up some lemony snicket reading. Okay, here we go. Okay, I can do this. I can do this. These chapters are so long. A series of unfortunate events. Thanks, Peyton. By limit, it's easy for you to say. She's doing art. By Lemony Snicket. Book the 11th. The Grim Grotto. Chapter 7. The word lousy, like the word volunteer, is a word, and the word fire, the word department, and many other words found in the dictionary and other important documents has a number of different definitions depending on the exact circumstances in which it is used. There is a common definition of the word lousy, meaning bad, and this definition of lousy has described many things in the history of the Baudelaire orphans. From the sinister smells of lousy lane along along which the children traveled long, long ago to their lousy journey up and down the Mortmain Mountains in search for VFD headquarters. There is a medical definition of the word lousy, meaning infested with lice. And this... De- lousy. Sorry. Lousy. It says lousy, but like lousy. Because one lice bug is called a louse. Ew. I have psychological louse. I mean, lice. Is everybody scratching their head right now? Ooh. I know, gross. I feel like they're all over me. Thanks, Lemony. Okay. Now that we're all thoroughly infested with psychological lice, let's move on. Um, Has not appeared in my work at all. Although Count Olaf's hygiene gets worse and worse, I may find an occasion to use it. And there is a somewhat obscure definition of the word lousy, meaning abundantly supplied. The way Count Olaf is lousy in which treacherous plans or the Queequeg is lousy with metal pipes or the entire world is lousy with unfathomable secrets. And this definition that the Baudelaire orphans have pondered as they huddled with Fiona underneath the mysterious floor lamps of the Gregorian Grotto and watched more and more mushrooms sprout up from the sand as if in their surroundings became lousy or lousy. No, lousy. Oh, yeah, okay. Lousy with m- mudasol. I don't know what that word is. Metasoid? Metasoid mycelium. No, it's, um, I forget. I I know. The children thought of... 
Medusoid. 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 Wow, after halfway through, we're over halfway through the book, and I finally said it right. Medusoid mycelium. Does that sound right? Okay. The children thought of all of the other things in their lives in which they were abundantly supplied. The children's lives were lousy with the mystery from the mysteries of VFD to the mysteries of their own futures, with each mystery crowding the others like stalks and caps of poisonous fungi. Their lives were lousy with danger from the dangers they had encountered above the mountains and underneath the buildings to the dangers they had faced inside the city and out in the hinterlands from the dangerous villainous people to the dangerous kinds of people who did not know any better. And their lives were lousy with lousiness from terrible people to horrible people meals and terrifying locations and horrible circumstances and from dreadful inconvenience and inconvenience dread so that it seemed that our lives would always be lousy, lousy, lousy all day and lousy with lousy nights and even all lousy things which their lives were lousy became less lousy and less lousy and less and with lousiness over the lousy course of each lousy with lousiness moment. And with each lousy mushroom making the cave lousier. And it's and lousier and lousiness with almost too much for the Baudelaire orphans to bear. Lousy, Sonny said. This is not good news, Klaus agreed. Fiona, do you think that we've been poisoned already? No, Fiona said firmly. This beast, the spore shouldn't be shouldn't reach us here. As long as we stay far at the far end of the cavern, the mushrooms don't advance any further. We should be safe. Well, it looks like they've stopped advancing. Violet said, pointing to the gray mushroom, and the other volunteer saw that she was right. There were still new mushrooms popping up, but the fungus didn't seem to be getting any closer to the children. I guess mycelium only grows that far. Fiona said, "We're very lucky." I don't feel lucky, Klaus said. I feel trapped. How will we ever get out of here? Well, there's only one way, Violet said. The patch... My way. <laughs> yeah, the my only... Way the my way? Oh, the highway. The only path back to the Queequeg leads through, through those mushrooms. If we go through the mushrooms, Fiona said, we're most likely going to be poisoned. One spore could easily th- th- slip through our suits. Antidote, Sunny said. I might find the recipe for your cure, Fiona replied. So... Someplace in my mycology library, but I don't want to take that chance. We'll have to exit another way. For a moment, all four children looked up into the blackness of the passage of their heads. Of their heads, Violet frowned and put one hand on a damp, slippery tile of the wall. With another hand, she reached on the waterproof pocket of her uniform and drew out a ribbon to tie up her hair. Can we go? Can we go out that way? Klaus asked. Can you give something to help us climb up the passageway? Tigma Bob, said Sunny, which meant there is plenty of material here in the sand. Materials aren't the problem, Violet said, and peered up into the blackness. We're far below the surface of the water and miles and miles to the surface. Even the best climbing devices would wear would wear out over the journey if it didn't and if it didn't we'd fall all the way down. But someone must use that passageway, Klaus said. Otherwise, it wouldn't have been built. It doesn't matter, Fiona says. We can't go out that way. We need to We need to get to the Queequeg. <sighs> Otherwise, my stepfather will wonder what's become of us. Eventually, he'd put his diving helmet on and go investigate. And the tide would carry him right into the poisonous fungus, Klaus finished. Fiona's right. Even if we could climb all the way up, it's, it's, it'd, it would be the wrong way to go. 
Well, what else can we do, said Violet, her voice rising. We can't spend the rest of our lives in this miserable place. Fiona looked at the mushrooms inside. Mushroom minichuie is said that the fungus waxes and wanes. Right now, it's waxing. We'll have to wait until it wanes. And then, oh, it's like the tide. It goes up and down. Duh. I really didn't really put two and two together when they said that. And then quickly run over the sand and swim back to the submarine. But how long until it starts waning, Klaus said. He's like, I don't know. I've never been here before. Right? He's like, I don't work here. I don't know the rules. Um, I don't know, Fiona admitted. It could be just a few minutes, a few hours, or it could even be days. A few days, Violet said. I have to poo. Just kidding, shouldn't say that. In a few days, your stepfather will give up on us. In a few days, we'll miss the VFD gathering. And I can't wait a few days. It's our only choice, Klaus said. In a Put- few days, I have, to, I have to go poo-poo. Yeah, I have to. I can't hold it that long. <laughs> Putting a comforting hand on Violet's shoulder. It's our only choice. We can wait until the mushrooms disappear, or we can find ourselves poisoned. That is not a choice at all, Violet replied bitterly. It's a, it's a Hobison's choice, Klaus said. Remember? The eldest Baudelaire looked down at her brother and gave him a smile. Of course I remember, she said. Mamasan, Sunny said. Her siblings looked down at her, and Violet picked up her arms. Who's Hobbs- Hobson? Fiona asks. What's his... What's his what was his choice klaus smiled the thomas hobson lived in the brit in britain in the 17th century and he he said he was in charge of a stable of a stable and according to the legend he always told his customers that they had a choice they could take their horse the horse closest to the door or no horse at all that's not really a choice fiona said violet smiled precisely she said a Hobson's choice means that it's not a choice at all. It's an expression our mother used to use. She'd say, I'll give you a Hobson's choice. Violet, you can clean your room or I will stand in the doorway and sing your least favorite song over and over again. Ooh, I'm going to start offering you Hobson choices. Mm. <laughs> Fiona grinned. What's your least favorite song? She asked. Row, row, row your boat, Violet said. Oh, I hate the part of about life being but a dream. She'd offer to make me the Hobson's choice of going to do the dishes or reading poetry of Edgar Guest, Klaus said. He's my absolute least favorite poet. Bath or pink dress, Sunny said. Did your mother always joke around like that, Fiona said. Mine used to get awful mad if I didn't clean my room. Hey, that's me. Her mom is me. I'm her mom. <laughs> Our mother would get mad too, Klaus said. Oh my, I'm their mom too. Remember, Violet, when we left the window open of the library and it rained that night? She really flew off the handle, Violet said, using a phrase here which means became extremely angry. We, we spoiled an atlas that, that she said was irreplaceable. You should have heard her yell, Klaus said. Our father came down from his study to see what was the matter. Oh, she was mad. And then he started yelling too. Violet said that the Baudelaire's paused and looked at one another uncomfortably. Everyone. Imagine leaving a book right under that window. <laughs> yeah, I know. Everyone yells, of course, from time to time, but the Baudelaire children did not think about their parents yelling, particularly now that they were no longer around to apologize or explain to them explain themselves. It is often difficult to admit that someone you love is not perfect, or to consider the aspects of a person that is less admirable. To the Baudelaires, it felt as almost they had drawn a line after their parents died. 
a secret line in their memories separating from all the wonderful things about the Baudelaire parents from things that perhaps were not quite so wonderful. Since the fire, whenever they thought of their parents, the Baudelaire's had never stepped over this secret line, preferring to ponder the best moments of the family had together rather than any times they had fought or been unfair or selfish. But now, suddenly in the gloom of the Gorgonian Grotto, had stumbled across the line that found themselves thinking of that angry afternoon in the library and in the moments the other angry afternoons and the evenings had occurred to them until their brains were lousy with memories of all stripes, a phrase here which means both good and bad. It gave the siblings quite a feeling to cross the line in their memories and admit that their parents were sometimes difficult. And it made them feel all the queasier to realize that they could not step back and pretend that they had never remembered these less than perfect moments and any more than they could step back in time and once again find themselves in the safe, safe in the Baudelaire home before the fire and Count Olaf had appeared in their lives. My brother used to get angry too, Fiona said, but before he disappeared, he would have awful fights with my stepfather late at night when I thought that well, they thought that I was asleep. Your stepfather didn't mention that, Violet said. How's your how, he said your brother was a charming man. Well, maybe he only remembers the charming parts, Fiona said. Maybe he doesn't want to remember everything. Maybe he wants to keep those parts secret. Do you think that your stepfather knew about this place, Klaus asked, looking around the eerie room. He mentioned that we might find a place to take our diving helmets off, remember? I see, I, it seemed strange at the time. I don't know, Fiona said. Maybe that's another secret he was keeping. Like the sugar bowl, Violet said. Speaking which, Sunny said. Sonny's right, Klaus said. We should keep looking for the sugar bowl. It must be around here someplace. And besides, we need we need some way to pass the time until the fungus wanes. Everyone should spread out and give out, give a shout out if you find the sugar bowl. The Baudelaire's nodded in agreement, and the four volunteers took, took distant positions in the sand, taking care not to step any closer to the mudasoid? Mudasoid? Medusoid. Medusoid. Oh, it's like Medusa, but Medusoid. Medusoid mycelium. For in the next few hours, they dug through the sand of the grotto, examining what they found by the. Yeah, I know. What they found by the light of two floor lamps. Each layer of the sand uncovered uncovered several items of the of interest. But no matter how many, yeah. How come nobody has to go pee? It's like. I don't know. It's a good idea. Yeah, honey, honey, I know how to go pee. Violet finished a butter dish, a length... Wait, Violet found a butter dish, not finished a butter dish, my goodness. The <laughs> Yeah. A length of electrical wire, an odd square stone with a message carved in the three languages, but not what she was looking for. And so the oldest Baudelaire... They don't even know what the sugar bowl is, so they could be finding it and not even knowing that it's it. Well, it looks like a sugar bowl. Okay carved in three languages but not what she was looking for so the eldest Baudelaire remained silent. Klaus found a bo- box of toothpicks, a small hand puppet, and a ring made of dull metal but not what he had become not what he had become to find the cave and so the middle Baudelaire merely sighed and Sunny found out that two cloth napkins, a broken telephone receiver, and a fancy wine glass filled with holes but when she opened her mouth to speak the youngest Baudelaire merely said snack which meant something like, why don't we stop for a bite to eat and quickly open the crackers of peanut butter that she had found. Oh, open the crack crackers and peanut butter? 
Hold on. This is making sense. Yeah, crackers and peanut butter she had found. Thanks, Sunny, Fiona said, taking the cracker spread with peanut butter. I must say, Baudelaire's, I'm getting frustrated. My hands ache from all that digging, and there's no sign of the sugar bowl. I'm beginning to think that there's a fool's errand. This is a fool's errand, Violet said, using a phrase here which means an errand performed by a fool. We journeyed all this way down here to find a crucial item instead of seeing what... Instead, it seems like we're finding nothing but junk. It's a waste of time. Not necessarily, Klaus said, eating a cracker and looking at the items they found. We may not have found the sugar bowl, but I think we found some crucial information. What do you mean, Violet said. (gasps) Look at this, Klaus said, and held up a book that he had taken from the sand. It's a collection of poetry, and it's most often too damp to read, but it looks like the title of the page. The middle Baudelaire held out the open book and the others, so the other volunteers could see. Versed furtive disclosure, Violet read out loud. VFD, Sunny said. Yes, Klaus said. Furtive means secretive and disclosure means to reveal something. I think I may have, I think VFD may have hidden, have hidden things here. Not just the sugar bowl, but other secrets. Uh, that would make sense, Violet said. The grotto is a bit of a secret pa- secret passageway, like the one we found beneath our home and the one that Quigley found beneath his. Biona nodded and began to search through piles of items that she had taken out of the sand. I found an envelope earlier, she said, but I don't think, I don't, I didn't think to open it. It was too, I was too busy concentrating on the sugar bowl. Punctilio, Sunny said, holding up a torn and tattered sheet of newspaper. The children could see the letters VFD curled in the headline. I'm too exhausted to dig anymore, Violet said. Let's spend some time reading. Klaus, so you can examine the poetry book. Fiona, you can see if there's anything worthwhile in that envelope, and I'll take a look at the clippings Sunny found. Me, Sunny said, whose reading skills were still developing. Why don't you cook us something, Sunny said, suggesting with a smile. Those crackers just, oops. Those crackers just whetted my appetite. Pronto, the youngest Baudelaire promised, looking at the food stuffs she had found in the sand, most of which were sealed up tight. <sighs> the phrase, wet my appetite, probably as you referred, uh, probably as you know, refers to one's hunger being awakened, and usually it refers to food. The Baudelaire's had lost track of time while searching through the sand of the grotto, and the snack Sunny prepared made them realize just how long it had been since they had eaten. But another appetite had been whetted for the Baudelaire's as well as hunger for the secrets and for the information that might help them. As Sunny began to prepare for her fellow volunteers, Violet and Klaus, looking over the material that they had found, devouring whatever information seemed important, and Fiona did the same thing, leaning up against the tiled wall of the cavern as she examined the contents of the envelope that she had found the volunteers for her the volunteer hunger for information was almost as fierce as her hunger for food and after a lengthy period of studying and taking studying and note-taking whisking and mixing the four children could not say whether they were more eager to hear about the others research or to eat the meals sunny had prepared what is this? Violet asked her sister, preparing, appearing into the fishbowl. Sunny was using a serving dish. Presto lomen, Sunny explained. What my sister means, Klaus said, is that she found a package of soft Chinese noodles, which she tossed into an Italian basil sauce that she got out of the jar. That's quite an inter- international combination. 
Hobson, Sonny said, which meant, I don't have much of a choice given our surroundings, and then held up another item that she had found. Wasabi? What's wasabi? Violet asked. It's Japanese condiment, Klaus said. It's very spicy and often served with fish. Well, why don't we save the wasabi, Sonny? Violet said, taking the tin of wasabi and putting it in the pocket of her uniform. We'll take it back to the Queequeg and you can use it in seafood. Sunny nodded in agreement and passed the fishbowl to her siblings. Utensies, she said. We can use this, the, these swizzle sticks as chopsticks, Klaus said, but we have to take turns, and whoever, whoever isn't eating can tell us what we've discovered. Here, Fiona said. Why don't you go first? Thanks, Fiona. Thanks, Fiona said, taking the swizzle stick gratefully. I'm quite hungry. Did you learn anything from that poetry book? Not as much as I would have liked, Klaus said. Most of the pages were soaked from their journey, so I couldn't really I couldn't really read much. But I believe that I've learned a new code from these fluctuations dec- fluctuation declaration declara- <laughs> declarations. It's a way to communicate by substituting a wor- words and poems. I don't understand, Violet said. It's a bit tricky, Klaus said, opening this commonplace book in which he'd copied in this information. The book uses a poem called My Last Duchess by Robert Browning as an example. I've read that, Fiona said, twirling a few noodles around the swizzle stick to get them in her mouth. It's a very creepy story about a man who murders his wife. Right, said Klaus, but if a volunteer used the name of the poem in the coded communication, the title might be might be my last wife instead of my last duchess by the poem by the poet obert browning instead of robert browning what purpose would that serve violet said the volunteer reading it would notice the mistake klaus said the changing of the certain words or letters is kind of a fluctuation if you fix the fluctuation in the poem you receive the message duchess are fiona asked what kind of a message is that I'm not sure, Klaus admitted. The next page of the book is missing. Do you think the missing page is a code too, Violet asked? (sighs) Klaus shrugged. I don't know, he said. Codes are nothing more than a way of talking so that some people can understand what other people don't. Remember when I was talking to Quigley in the cave with all the other snow scouts listening? Yes, said Violet. We used words that began with V, F, and D so that we knew we were all on the same side. Maybe we should have a code ourselves, Fiona said, so that we can communicate if we run into trouble. Oh, that's a good idea, Klaus said. What should we use as code words? Food, Sunny suggested. Perfect, Violet said. We'll drop a list of foods and what they mean in our code. We'll bring them up in conversation and our enemies will never suspect us. They'll never suspect that we're actually communicating and our enemies could could be around any could be around any corner, Fiona said, handing a fishbowl of loman to Violet and picking up the envelope she had found. Inside this pocket was a letter. Normally, I don't like to read to other other people's mail, but it seems unlikely that this letter will ever reach Gregor, Gregor Anwistle. Gregor Anwistle, Violet said? He's the man who founded the research center. Who was writing to, who was writing to him? A woman named Kit, Fiona said. I think it's Kit Snicket, (gasps) Jacques Snicket's sister. Of course, Klaus said. Your stepfather said that she was a noble woman who helped build the Queequeg. According to her letter, Fiona said, Gregor Ann Whistle was involved in something called a schism. What's that? Well, it's a big conflict with the VFD, Klaus said. Quigley told us that every, told us every little bit, 
Everybody chooses sides, Violet recalled. And now the organization is in chaos. Which side was Gregor on? I don't know, Fiona said. Something, some of this code, some of this letter's in code and some of it was, some of it was in water. I can't understand it at all, but it sounds like Gregor was uninvolved with something called volatile fungus depretation. Volatile means unstable or likely to cause trouble, said Klaus. Fungus, of course, means mushroom, and the depretation means moving something from one place to another. Who was moving unstable mushrooms? VFD, Fiona replied during the schism. Gregor thought that the medusoid mycelium might be useful. The medusoid mycelium, Violet said, looking a bit nervous at the silent gray mushrooms still lined the entrance of the small tiled room. Their black splotches looked particularly eerie in the dim light. I can't imagine thinking that such deadly things could be useful. Listen to what Kit wrote about it, Fiona said. The poisonous fungus that you insist on cultivating in the grotto will bring grim consequences for us all. Our factory at Lousy Lane can provide some delusion of the mycelium's destructive respiratory capabilities, and you assured me that the mycelium grows best in small enclosed spaces. But this is one of the com- this is little comfort. One mistake, Gregor, and your entire family would have been abandoned. Please do not become the thing that you dread most by adopting this destructive tactic of our most villainous enemies playing with fire. Klaus was, Klaus was busily copying Kit Snicket's letter into his commonplace. Gregor was growing those mushrooms, he said, to use the, on the enemies of VFD. He was going to poison people. But was he going to poison people, Violet asked? Villainous people, Fiona replied. But Kit Snicket thought that using poisonous mushrooms was equally villainous. They were working their way to weakening the poison in a factory on L- Lousy Lane. But the writer of this letter thought that the volatile fungus and depretation was too dangerous, and she warned Gregor that if she wasn't careful, the mycelium would poison the entire research center. And now the center is gone, Violet said. The mycelium remains. Something went very wrong there, right where we're sitting, and I still don't understand it, Klaus said. Was it Gre- Was Gregor a villain? I think he was volatile, Fiona said. I like the m- medusoid mycelium. And the writer of the letter said that if you cultivate something volatile, then you're playing with fire. Violet shuddered, stopped, shuddered, stopped eating her pesto lo mein, and put down her fishbowl. Playing with fire, of course, is an expression that refers to any dangerous or risky activity, such as writing a letter to a volatile person or journeying through a dark cave filled with poisonous fungus in order to to search for an object that was taken away for quite some time before the Baudelaire's did not like to think about the fire that they were playing with, or the fires that had already been played in this damp, mysterious room. For a moment, nobody spoke, and the Baudelaire's gazed at the small stalks of caps in the deadly mushrooms, wondering what had gone wrong with Anne Whistle Aquatics. They wondered how the schism began, and they wondered about all of the mysterious and villainous things that seemed to surround the three orphans drawing closer and closer to their woeful lives, went on and on as if the mysteries would ever, would ever be solved if such villains were ever defeated, Wayne Sonny said, and then suddenly the children saw it was true. The crowd of mushrooms seemed to be just a bit smaller, and here they were, and they, they saw an, a stalk and a cap disappear back into the sand, and if the 
poisonous fungus had decided to implement an alternative strategy, a phrase here which means would terrorize the Baudelaire's in another way. Sonny's right, Klaus said. The medusoid mycelium is waning. Soon it'll be safe enough to return to Queequeg. It must be a fairly short cycle, Fiona said, making a note in her commonplace book. How long do you think that we've been here? All night at least, Violet said, unfolding the sheets of her newspaper that Sunny had found. It's lucky that we find all of these materials, otherwise we'd have been quite bored. My brother was my brother always had a deck of cards with him. Fiona remembered in case he was hold it, I'm sitting up. In case he was what? Hold on. Sorry you guys. Did I just miss why don't we get ready to go, the eldest Baudelaire suggested. By the time that we pack up these documents and put... I, 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 I think I'm getting tired. I don't know why I said that. By the time we pack up these documents and put on our diving helmets, the fungus will have waned completely. You're right, said Fiona. Here, I'll help you get into your helmet. It's the least I can do after you cooked such a delicious meal. Chivalrush, Sunny said, which meant that is very kind of you. And though Fiona had not known that Sunny, not known Sunny very long, she understood what the youngest Baudelaire had said and more or less smiled at the three Baudelaire siblings as the four volunteers suited up a phrase here, which means prepared their helmets for an underwater journey. The Baudelaire children felt as if Fiona fit them like a glove as a friend or possibly something more it felt like fee it felt as if fiona and the baudelaires were part of the same team or the same organization trying to solve the same mysterious and the same mysteries and defeat the same villain villains if if that felt way if that if it felt that way to the two younger baudelaires it felt that way to the two young, younger baudelaires anyways only violet felt as if their friendship were more volatile as if fiona fit her like the wrong glove or if the friendship had a tiny flaw a flaw that might turn into a schism as violet put the diving helmet back over her head and made sure that the zipper of the uniform seemed tight uh, uniform was zipped tight over her port the portrait of her herman melville she heard the slight rustle of a newspaper clipping in her pocket and frowned she kept frowning at the last mushroom as the last mushroom disappeared into the sand and as the four children stepped carefully back into the icy dark water. Because they were traveling against the tide, the volunteers had decided to hold hands so they would not lose track of one another as they returned to the Queequeg, and the dark journey began. Violet thought of the dangerous, risky secrets concealed in her pocket and realized that Klaus led them all the way back to the submarine with Fiona holding Klaus's hand, Violet holding Fiona's hand, and Sunny curled in her helmet, tucked lightly under Violet's arm. That even while swimming with their icy depths of the ocean, the Baudelaire's were playing with fire. The sinister information on the newspaper clipping was was like a tiny spore, blossoming in the small enclosed space of Violet's pocket, like a spore of the deadly medusoid mycelium, which at that very moment was blossoming in the small enclosed space of the diving helmet wore by the Baudelaire orphans. Oh no, they have mycelium, mycelium spore in their helmet? Peyton? Uh-huh. They do? Oh, maybe, she, maybe not. Oh, she just is so good at not telling us. My goodness. Sorry, I'm sorry. That's all right. Okay. <coughs> good night. <laughs>